Welcome to another episode of Reliving the War. We go back to the 14th of December 1998 this week with Raw coming live from Tacoma, Washington, while WCW Nitro takes place in Tampa, Florida. Rock Bottom took place the night before where The Undertaker got buried alive. Steve Austin secured his spot in the 1999 Royal Rumble, and after a controversial match finish, The Rock is still WWF Champion. Another champion is this week's Jam Up Guy. Tim went to Raw recently wearing his Saturday Ride Fever shirt and it looks like you had a brilliant time. Thank you very much for sending in your photo, Tim, and bringing the big Broadverse to Monday Night Raw. Let's get the show started then, and let's check out what happened at the beginning of Monday Night Raw. We get no updates from our commentators at the beginning of Nitro, just recaps of what's been going on with Nash and Goldberg, Flair and Bischoff, and Giant and DDP. Our opening match features Scott Putsky versus Raven, and again, Raven decided he wasn't gonna wrestle. Instead, he complains about his mother, saying his mom was never there for him as a kid and no one cares about the pain he has to suffer. Chris Canyon walks to the ring and Canyon tells Putsky to hit the bricks, there'll be no match for Scott tonight. Canyon says that no one gets more airtime without wrestling than Raven. Everyone, including the boys in the back, are sick of it. Raven says he had it rough, he had a miserable childhood, but Kenyon drops a few bombshells. Raven went to an Ivy League school, he has a degree in pre-med, and he has a $3.2 million trust fund, what the hell. Raven grew up as a rich spoiled kid in Palm Beach, Florida. When he turned 16, his parents bought him a Mercedes. So in reality, Raven has absolutely nothing to complain about. Raven says his mother never loved him and that's the problem, but Kenyon says the only problem Raven has ever had was that he got it too easy. Raven leaves the ring in a huff, Kenyon goes after him, and Nitro takes a commercial break. It finally looks like we're moving on to the next chapter in Raven's story and that's a good thing. He's been in limbo since the flock disbanded. Eddie Guerrero then wrestled Viano 5 and Eddie dominated his opponent. When things got a bit shaky for Eddie, his bodyguard Spider was there to lend a hand. Eddie went upstairs and he landed his frog splash, but he decided not to cover Viano 5 after hitting his finisher. Instead, the LWO came to the ring and Eddie offered Viano a spot in the faction. Guerrero says there's strength in numbers and it doesn't take long for Viano to agree. So the LWO get a new member and Rey Mysterio seems a little disappointed in Viano 5's decision. Wrath then came out to beat up Al Green. The match ended with the meltdown as usual and that's it. I now officially don't care about Wrath anymore. It's clear as day that WCW had no plans for him and it does suck for Big Brian Clark, but it's hard to remain excited for something that you see week in and week out. The loss to Kevin Nash has been the only deviation and all this talk about Nash derailing Wrath really doesn't matter when WCW had no plans for him anyway. Mean Gene thinks Eric Bischoff's bitten off more than he can chew by facing Ric Flair at Starcade, and Eric says that's not the case. Eric's a very dangerous man apparently, while Ric Flair's old and tired. Eric says he's a trained killer, but it looks to me like he needs a shower and a good night's sleep. Can't go around killing people when you look like that. Flair dashes to the ring and Eric gets out of harm's way. Bischoff gets chased all the way back up the rampway before the Nature Boy comes back to talk to Mean Gene. Flair gives us a demonstration of what we're gonna see at Starcade by wrestling the Invisible Man. He then says these people in Tampa grew up with Eddie Graham and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes and when Flair gets his hands on Bischoff in Washington DC, he's gonna... Uh, uh, he's lost it ladies and gents. He's absolutely lost it. He then says he's gonna show the world that Eric has no heart and 
Flair then grabs his shoulder and his chest. He goes down in the corner. Mean Gene wraps up the interview and his Ric Flair just had a heart attack in the middle of the ring. This is, uh, this is certainly something. Arn Anderson runs down followed by Dusty Rhodes. Mean Gene tells the cameras to switch off and to WCW's credit, they do make this look very real. But to their discredit, I'm sure this could have hit home for a lot of people and it's easy to see why some folks would think this was in bad taste and unnecessary. With that in mind, if you have half the brain that you do, you soon realize it's a typical wrestling angle when the cameras don't cut away from flair and the cameras continue to roll. The commentators are completely silent while all this goes down and we go all the way to the back to see Rick getting put in an ambulance. Bam Bam Bigelow sneaks into the building while flair was getting loaded in. He bumps into Scott Hall and Scott tells the beast from the east to suck it. So Bigelow launches an attack on the bad guy. Security rush in to save Scott and Kevin Nash then shows up to trash talk Bam Bam. Goldberg then makes an appearance. The three men are kept away from each other just like the main event last week and it's clear that all three men want to fight each other. The Red Rooster says these guys can fight in the ring tonight so that's our main event booked. Maybe we'll actually see this Nash, Goldberg and Bigelow triple threat tonight unlike last week. Raw kicks off with another DX parody. On Nitro, it's Billy Kidman vs Rey Mysterio Jr. This time DX makes fun of the corporation. Triple H reprises his role as the croc while X-Pox Ken Shamrock. China is the big boss man, Billy Gunn, Shane O'Mac and Road Dog is Mr. McMahon. We also have two little people kissing Vince's backside, so this is Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe. Road Dog Vince McMahon says he's not an asshole, he doesn't like it when people call him a sphincter. And when Shane pulls down his diaper, the croc tells him to pull it back up because the champ doesn't want to smell what Shane O's cooking. All this sphincter talk gets X-Pac Shamrock in the zone for some five knuckle shuffle time and the big boss woman shows off her nightstick skills by twirling it around for a bit only to drop it after the demonstration. The croc says if we're talking about sphincters tonight then there's only one man who should be discussed. The man who can take his own corporate head and shove it up his own corporate ass. The man whose head can also be found buried in Vince's sphincter. That man is of course the corporate champ himself, the croc. Jason Sensation shows up on the ramp as Shawn Michaels. He tells DX to clean up their act before literally dropping the ball mid-promo. Shawn Sensation then says this. It's me, HBJ. Sean says the reason why he doesn't lie down for nobody is because he's always bending over. Very good. And he again drops the ball. X-Pog Shamrock says it's five knuckle shuffle time again and Sensation gets a little concerned. And the croc wraps it up by saying DX has two words for the corporation. The corporate team show up on the stage and Sean says DX doing another parody is nothing original. It's like a worn out rendition of your favorite song. But to show the people that the corporation have a sense of humor, HBK gives Shamrock and Bossman a rematch against the Outlaws tonight on Raw. As for Triple H, The Rock says he's gonna whip his ass all over the ring tonight. We have a Rock vs Triple H main event. Sean says Triple H isn't the main eventer, he only hangs around world champions. So tonight's match is a non-title match. 
Hunter reminds Rocky that he's kicked his ass plenty of times before his injury and Triple H beat Rock for the IC title before he took time off and this is enough to goad Rock into putting the WWF title on the line in this main event. Rock then says what you gonna do before remembering that that's not his catchphrase. He tries to be the man you gotta beat the man. He says oh yeah dig it. He even says he's the best there is and the best there was before realizing that that's not his catchphrase either. Finally, Rock gets it right when he wonders if Triple H and DX can smell what the Rock's cooking. After the promo, Vince McMahon holds a corporate meeting backstage. He says the outlaws Triple H and Kane are gonna fall tonight on Raw's war. Much like Batman and the Joker, Rey Mysterio and Billy Kidman seem destined to do this forever. Mean Gene calls Billy down to the ring and Kidman says thanks to constant LWO interference, both he and Rey Jr haven't been able to find out who the better man is. He calls Rey down to the ring and Kidman offers Rey one more match. Mysterio accepts and he says there will be no LWO interference tonight. We'll see about that Rey. It isn't stated whether or not this is a title match but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it I guess. The usual quick and crisp back and forth between the two start us off, culminating with Billy getting crotched on the top rope as he looked to attack Ray who was standing on the apron. Ray looks to take advantage with a top rope Hurricane Rana but the cruiserweight champ counters it into a BK bomb off the middle rope. Both men get to their feet and Ray eventually hits a Hurricane Rana, this time sending Kidman over the top to the floor. As Kidman's leaning against the guardrail, Ray dives off the apron with a crossbody, sending both men into the front row. Ray rolls Kidman back inside, but his springboard attack's met with a dropkick from Billy. It's at this point when Tanay says on commentary that the cruiserweight belt is at stake in this match. Thank you very much, Mike. We can always rely on Tanay to give us the important information. Ray looks to hit a moonsault out of the corner but he gets caught out. A few counters later and Mysterio hits the mat after a hard clothesline. Kidman misses a stinger splash allowing Ray to hit a springboard bulldog for another near fall and there's a weird tone to this match as the in-ring action's fast paced and exciting but the commentators are focusing more on what we just seen with Ric Flair and their tone of voice particularly Shivani's, is very downbeat and somber. Cheer up big T, it's okay mate. Ray connects with a Bronco Buster and he follows this up with a split legged moonsault for a 2. He looks to end it with a big back senton off the top but Kidman rolls out of the way, allowing him to head upstairs and connect with a splash. Billy looks to slow things down with a chin lock, Ray escapes but he ends up on the outside and he's met with a plancha from Kidman before getting rolled back inside and he takes a slingshot leg drop from the champ. Mysterio manages to counter a Michinoku driver attempt into a nice roll up before going for a victory roll but the LWO show up to break up proceedings. Imagine my astonishment. Kidman and Mysterio team up to take out these two goons along with the rest of the members who end up hitting the ring. Eventually the numbers game does overwhelm our heroes though and both Ray and Kidman end up getting beaten down. I don't know about you guys but I have a sneaking suspicion that everyone watching these constant no contests and faction beatdowns every week may have been getting a tad sick of it. The two sides of WCW were on display here, cruiserweights proving why they were the best thing in the company, only to be sabotaged by that same company with the usual nonsense that repeatedly happens up and down the card. By the way, I want to say hi to my one little fan out there. Hello, Smokey, my cat.
Supply and Demand take on The Brood next on Raw, while Chris Jericho cuts a promo on Nitro. Jericho, wearing Bobby Duncan Jr.'s cowboy boots, says Conan robbed him of the TV title two weeks ago. Jericho admits that he has no idea what Conan's talking about most of the time, but what he does know is that the Ayatollah's 235 pounds of twisted steel in sex appeal. So tonight, Jericho's gonna show us how Conan cheated him out of the TV title by using a weapon. Jericho welcomes K-Dog to the ring and we have an imposter. The fake Conan gets in the ring and using a whiteboard, Jericho explains that Conan used brass knucks in their match two weeks back. Not those brass knucks that don't look like brass knucks but we'll call them brass knucks anyway. Real brass knucks, my god. Conan also used a steel chain apparently and he wrapped it around his hand before smacking the Paragon of Virtue right on the head, but Chris shook it off and he carried on with the match. That was until Conan used a steel shovel to stop the Ayatollah in his tracks and he also utilised the TV title as a weapon. Conan covered Jericho, Jericho grabbed the bottom rope with his hands and his teeth, but Jericho was robbed and Conan won the belt. Chris also gives us a reliving the war throwback when he says this. And I am definitely too legit to quit, Conan! Just too legit to quit! Because we too legit to quit! Just too legit to quit! Because we too legit to quit! Too legit to quit! Too legit! Too legit to quit! Chris then says he's challenging Conan at Starcade for the TV title and he then puts the bogus Conan in the Lion Tamer. More good work here from Chris Jericho and yes, all these things definitely happened in that TV title match two weeks ago. On Raw we have a pretty historic match, it's the first time on Raw that Edge and Christian ever team up. They have teamed together in six man tags however. Edge's early flurry gets stopped by Val Venus who delivers a spine buster followed by a body slam. The Godfather then comes in with a leg drop. Venus comes back in and Edge is able to tag out after reversing a wrist lock. Christian then plants Venus with a falling reverse DDT. The big Valbuski replies with a Russian leg sweep before tagging in the Godfather. Gangrel tries to lend a hand but he almost gets clobbered by his own broodmate. And Venus then wins the match immediately afterward after a fisherman's suplex. Venus, Godfather and the creatures of the night walk back up the rampway. And Gangrel's pretty angry. So angry that he says the next time we see the brood tonight there's gonna be a bloodbath. Nice, nice, I'm looking forward to it. Vince McMahon meanwhile is getting prepared for a big announcement tonight. We're gonna find out Stone Cold's Royal Rumble entrance number a little later on. We've got the Blue Blazer vs Goldust on Raw, on Nitro Emery heals back to take on Barry Windham. It's kinda interesting to see who gets the win here on Nitro. Will WCW go with the new guy who no one's really accepting right now? Or do they go with one of their stars of the past who really doesn't have a terrible amount of hate? Well, it's a very short match, and while Mr. Hale got in some offense last week against Lex Luger, he does very little in this match against Wyndham. It goes for a minute and a half and Barry destroys Hale with a back suplex, a body slam on the outside and a backdrop back inside the ropes. Wyndham then performs a bulldog and he puts Hale away with a superplex. If Hale was brought in as a future opponent for Hulk Hogan then this is 100% the wrong way to go about it. He doesn't seem threatening at all after this squash match. On Raw, our main man Steve Blackman cuts a rare backstage promo. This was, and still is, the greatest day in Kevin Kelly's life. 
Blackman has a vested interest in this next match. He reminds us that Owen Hart ran away from him at rock bottom and Steve-O can't believe that Owen's gonna wrestle this next match as the Blue Blazer. So Steve promises to unmask the Blazer tonight on Raw and prove to everyone that the King of Hearts is nothing but a filthy little nugget. My headphones blew up during this interview and I had to buy a new pair. Promo of the year, folks. The match begins in the ring and there's no doubt that this is Owen Hart wearing the costume. The spinning wheel kick, the little twist during the suplex and the elbow drop confirm it. The crowd chants nugget and they laugh when the blazer botches a middle rope springboard move, but Owen replies with an enziguri before Goldust drops to the mat to smack Hart across the face. Someone has a sign that says the green blazer and that's going to be my next custom wrestler in 2k23. Thanks for the random idea, fan at Raw. Owen gets taken out with a curtain call and Goldust points to the corner for the Shattered Dreams. This crowd loves Goldust by the way and they really want to see Owen get kicked in the balls. But Jeff Jarrett runs down to stop Goldust and this leads to Sensei Blackman hitting the ring to take care of business. We just about see the Mufug kick before Blackman tells the fans he's gonna do it. He's gonna remove the mask. Blackman pulls the mask off the Blazer's head and yup, it's Owen Hart alright. I know any talk of the Blue Blazer is a sore subject for a lot of people but both Owen and the crowd's reaction to this was brilliant. Blackman's absolutely loving it and Owen does his best to cover up but it's no use. His cover's been blown and there's no denying it now. Norman Smiley takes on Perry Saturn next on Nitro while D'Lo and Henry take on the job squad. We get some tight chain wrestling from Smiley and Saturn leading to a pin attempt from Perry. Norman shows he's no slouch with a northern light suplex before Saturn applies a head scissor submission and Smiley then shows off his strength by standing up to break the hold. He then puts Perry down with a clothesline and Norman gets a little agitated by the fans at ringside. Smiley then messes Saturn up with a hard slap to the chest followed by a slap to the back. This act infuriates Saturn, but Norman sees this as a perfect opportunity to show off the big wiggle and the Norman shuffle. We have a new reliving the war hero on our hands here, ladies and gents. Saturn doesn't like sick dance moves, so he snaps and he beats the crop out of Norman. When Charles Robinson tries to break it up, Saturn asks him, no, he tells him, to keep his hands to himself. Charles complies with Saturn's polite request. Norman takes a suplex and he heads out of the ring afterwards. When it gets back in the ring, we see the smiley slam and some wiggle action from your new favourite wrestler. And Norman follows this up with a unique waist lock drop, I guess, which did look impactful. Ernest Miller and Sonny Ono show up to ruin the match and when Saturn hits Norman, the referee also gets taken out. This allows Ernest to get in the ring and Perry gets kicked in the face and secondary referee Scott Dickinson fast counts to give Miller the win. Remember, Saturn gave Scott Dickinson the death volley driver last week. A big win for Norman Smiley on Nitro and I'm genuinely excited to see what he does next. It's really difficult to dislike this guy. Mark Henry and Dilo come to the ring and Mark's now got his infamous sexual chocolate theme music, Jim Johnson's magnum opus. Jackie and Terry are once again here with Dilo and Mark tonight and Mark says he's a lover, not a fighter. He didn't come out to fight tonight but he did come out to tell everyone a bedtime story. Dilo looks confused. Mark shares with the world what happened after his date with China. The two went back to China's room and the action was all caught on camera by Dilo. My my. 
Mark says China wore him out by the time the deed was done, and I do wonder what China has to say about all this. We have Bob Holly and Scorpio taking on these two dirtbags tonight, and Bob takes Dilo out with an inverted atomic drop and a big clothesline. Henry and Scorpio go to work, and Scorpio's able to take Mark down with a crossbody. However, he pays for this afterwards when Mark throws him up in the air before dropping a leg over to Cold's neck. Dilo comes back in, he hits a sky high, but he misses a top rope sent on. We then see Job Squad members Dwayne Gill and the Blue Mini having a discussion with Terry Runnels, and the referee gets distracted long enough for Jackie to go upstairs to take Holly out with a missile dropkick. Mark Henry wins the match via pinfall. You don't call them the Job Squad for nothing. The Outlaws vs Bossman and Shamrock takes place next on Raw. On Nitro, His Excellency cuts a promo. Mean Gene wants to know Brett's thoughts on what happened to Ric Flair earlier, and Brett says they're dropping like flies here in WCW. It kinda reminds the hitman of how he put guys like Sting, Booker T and Chris Benoit on the bench. And I don't know Brett, I think the Flair thing's kinda different from all that, you know? Brett then says he has a pulled groin the likes mere people like us have never seen before. And he's right too. I'm not speaking for you here, but I certainly don't go around looking at people's pulled groins. But Brett says even though he's injured, he's not sitting in the back or sitting at home like Sting, Savage and all the other guys who've been injured over these past few months. Brett says he's the greatest of all time whether these people like it or not. And to prove it, Brett's gonna put the US title on the line right now against Diamond Dallas Page. DDP accepts, he begins walking to the ring, but he gets attacked by the giant. The giant takes Paige out with a chair shot before removing the classic lettering placed at the entranceway. He then grabs Paige, and DDP gets chokeslammed off the stage. The spot looked great, and it's something we don't see too often in WCW. Bret Hart seems happy with how this all went down, and the hitman leaves the ring, still holding the US Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. We need you to verify the body. So how the hell am I going to get in here? Well, you've played dead before, haven't you? Oh, shut up! Oh. In a rematch from last night at Rock Bottom, the corporation are getting another shot at the tag team titles here on Raw. Bossman and Billy start us off as the corporation's enforcer knocks Billy down with a pair of shoulder blocks, but the third time is not the charm as Billy delivers a dropkick. We cut to Sean doing uh, something as Road Dog gets tagged in, but he can't keep the advantage as the bossman takes control, but a missed running corner attack allows Billy to tag back in. Bossman slides to the outside and he looks to squish Billy's little smoking gun, but he gets countered and it's the bossman who goes into the steel ring post. Shamrock, however, is able to hit Billy's leg with a chair, so swings and roundabouts, I guess. Back inside, Bossman drives his knee into the injured leg of Billy before Kenny Boy gets tagged in, and Ken does some more damage to Gun's knee. Could we be seeing the rare subversion of the Outlaws tag team formula? Shamrock continues to work over the leg of Billy, and Billy, to his credit, sails that leg really well. So much so that when the Bossman tags back in, Billy crumples to the mat after an attempted Irish whip from the Bossman. Road Dog's desperate for a tag, but all he gets is a frankly unnecessary amount of the boss man's spit in his face. The corporate team continue to batter Billy until he's able to counter a Shamrock Hurricane Rana into a sit-down powerbomb. Billy's finally able to get that tag to Road Dog, and now we get to see what a Road Dog hot tag looks like. This is rarer than a shiny Charizard. Right hands and kicks for all until the roadie gets thrown into the ropes and Shawn Michaels clocks him with a chair from the outside, leading right into the boss man's slam. Road Dog's able 
able to kick out of two and he delivers a low blow to the boss man right in front of the referee before tagging Billy back in. For a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, Billy doesn't do too bad. He sets Shamrock up for a pile driver, but HBK gets on the apron to provide a distraction. He whacks the back of Billy's head with the boss man's nightstick and Shamrock slaps on the ankle lock. But it's academic. Billy's out cold and the referee calls a stop to the match. The corporation now have the tag team titles in their possession and this also means that the boss man and Ken Shamrock are double champions. The Stooges celebrate on the ramp as boss man, Kenny boy and the commissioner celebrate in the ring. The McMahons come out next to cut a promo on Raw while Conan takes on Stevie Ray over on Nitro. It's hard to see but that's Disco Inferno once again saying he's part of the Wolfpack and again he says it was Kevin Nash who brought him in. Conan has no time for Disco's nonsense so he ignores him and he heads out to the ring. Conan's brought along Chidi Ahanotu of the Tampa Bay Bucks and Martin's baseman Orestes Destrada for no reason at all, while Stevie Ray brings Booker T down to the ring. Stevie tells Booker to watch his back and Booker agrees, so is this a Harlem Heat reunion we're seeing tonight on Nitro? Booker doesn't look too happy so don't get your hopes up. Conan takes a beating at the opening bell but K-Dog fights back in the corner before hitting Stevie with a rolling clothesline and his signature seated dropkick. Stevie floors Conan with his own kick and he goes to the top rope but Conan gets to his feet and he taunts Stevie. Unfortunately for K-Dog he gets punched in the mouth and that shuts him up pretty quickly. Stevie then hits a facebreaker knee smash and he lays in the boots. He then starts choking Conan out and Booker's had enough. Stevie's brother gets on the apron and he says to just end it, just pin the guy and get it over with. But Stevie wants to take Conan out with his slapjack and Booker's not having it. Booker grabs the weapon, Stevie takes it back and Conan's able to recover. We see the K-Factor and Conan defeats Stevie on Nitro. We'll come back to Stevie and Booker a little later on. On Raw, Vince McMahon says he and Shane aren't too happy about Mr. Socko getting shoved down their throats last night at rock bottom and Vince confirms that mankind's gonna pay. McMahon confirms that Austin qualified for the Royal Rumble and it was all thanks to Kane. Kane's here tonight and so's mankind, so McMahon books both men in a no holds barred match. That ought to teach both those ingrates a lesson. Vince then says it's time to choose Austin's number for the Royal Rumble, Vince spins the corporate tumbler and what do you know, Steve Austin's gonna enter at number one, how unlucky. Shane says hold on a minute, it's the holiday season and maybe they should give Stone Cold a break. Shane wants to draw another number for Austin and Vince agrees. So Shane will picks another ball and again it's number one. To make things even worse, Vince says he'll dip into one of Shano's trust funds to put a bounty on Austin. Whoever eliminates Stone Cold in the Royal Rumble match is gonna get 100 grand, so the odds are clearly stacked against the rattlesnake. McMahon then announces another competitor for the Royal Rumble, a man who matches Austin in wrestling skills, a man who could save Ted Turner's WCW but he's part of the WWF right now. Shane does the honours of announcing this individual and it's Vince McMahon himself. Vince McMahon is gonna compete in the 1999 Royal Rumble and Shane picks his dad's entrant number, it's number 30. Vince says there's no chance in hell that Austin will be WWF champion and just before he can leave the ring Mick Foley appears on the Titantron. Seeing as Vince is in the rumble, Mick Foley thinks McMahon should wrestle him instead of Kane. If Vince is now a wrestler and if Vince has the testicular fortitude then he'll meet mankind in the ring tonight. 
After a commercial break, the Stooges try to offer their advice on this challenge, but Vince just wants to think about it himself. He doesn't really care about what his associates have to say. Steve Blackman vs Double J is up next and it's a guitar on a pole match. On Nitro we have got two promos, one from Eric Bischoff and another from Booker T. The Lethal Weapon gets a chance to end country music forever by smashing a guitar over Jeff Jarrett's head. If Blackman can do this then Jarrett won't bring guitars to the ring anymore and instead he'll start listening to gangster rap or something I don't know. Jarrett says, unlike last night, there will be no stripping on Raw tonight. Good, because I don't want to see Double J's dong. But Deborah says she had a great time at the pay-per-view, so she just might reveal her assets during this match. Deborah made a big mistake when she thought she could distract Steve-O with her wacky waving inflatable fun bags because, if you recall, Steve denounced all women when Jackie broke his heart, so he tells Deborah to get out of the ring and he whacks Jared when Double J tries to smack our hero with the guitar. Unfortunately for the hardest man in the universe, Owen Hart runs down holding another guitar and Steve gets hit with the sweet sound of country music. Jeff covers Blackman because Steve just can't survive a single plug of an acoustic guitar string and Jared wins the match. Country music remains Steve Blackman's kryptonite. Eric Bischoff comes out on Nitro and he says Ric Flair suffered a mild heart attack earlier and he plays it as straight as possible. The crowd completely buy into it. He apologizes to Rick for everything he said and how he acted recently. He says he plans on apologizing to Rick's wife and children. And Eric says he hopes to see Rick back on WCW television very soon. The crowd applaud after the announcement's made and it's all made to look very, very real. And what more can I say really? It all really depends on how you feel about it personally. At the end of the day, Monday Night Review shows operating, you know? So yeah, make your own mind up about it. People will find it distasteful while others will say it's just a wrestling storyline, get over it. After a commercial break, Booker T comes out for an interview with Main Gene and Booker doesn't really get a chance to talk. He does send well wishes to Ric Flair which make the crowd applaud again. And then Big Brother Stevie Ray comes out. The brothers have the same argument they've been having for months now. Steve's not happy that Booker's decided to wear his shirt and tie these days and he once again invites Booker to join the NWO. When Stevie leaves and Gene asks Booker what he's gonna do, Booker says he doesn't know. It looks like Booker T's now seriously considering joining his brother in the end. W black and white. Tiger Ali Singh scheduled for a match next, but it doesn't happen. On Nitro, it's Scott Hall versus Horace. Raven's mom shows up to Nitro. That's right, it's Mommy Raven. Canyon appears and he says Raven's already left the building, but Chris will take Mommy Raven to see her son for the low, low price of $50. Mommy Raven doesn't pay up, but she still forces Canyon to take her to her boy. What a cheapskate. Scott Hall still has no entrance music, whereas Horace has been bestowed with the most overplayed theme music in wrestling history. Paul shows exactly what he thinks of his competition by throwing his toothpick at Horace, and Mr. Hogan smacks Scott in the face. Scott answers with a few shoulder blocks and a fireman's carry before popping on an armbar, leading to Horace getting paintbrushed. Double H answers with a clothesline before delivering some chops in the corner, but it's not enough to keep Scott down as Horace gets dropped with a chokeslam, complete with Hall still mocking the giant following the move. As silly as it is and as out of place as it is, it still makes me smile. 
Horace sidesteps Hall and sends him over the top rope and down to the floor. Scott immediately grabs his knee as he gingerly gets back to his feet. Fair play to Horace, he comes flying through the ropes at the bad guy and look at that, he even lands on his feet afterwards. Top work big man. Back inside, Horace kicks away at Hall and he takes him down again with a backbreaker. He follows this up with a splash for a two. We see shades of Uncle Hogan as Horace delivers a leg drop brother, but Scott kicks out of the follow up cover so Horace changes tactics and he locks in a sleeper. Hall eventually gets out and he counters with a backdrop, but he's too worn down to follow up with a pin attempt. In fact, it's Horace who drapes an arm across the chest of Scott, but again, Hall kicks out. The two men get to their feet and Hall scores with a few right hands before dropping Horace with his discus punch, and he follows this up with his signature fallaway slam. Hall signals for the edge, but to the surprise of literally no one watching this show, the NWB team come out to interrupt proceedings. Yay. They attack Hall and the referee calls for the bell. Yet another DQ on Nitro. <sighs> it's a real shame too, as Horace had a fairly decent showing in this one, showing that maybe he's not as useless as history would have us believe. But hang on, who's that coming to save the day? It's only the Disco Inferno, the newest self-appointed member of the Wolfpack comes down to help out Scott, but predictable results ensue as Disco gets wrecked. I think Disco may well be dead after that powerbomb from Big Scott Norton. So Tiger Ali Singh was scheduled for a match but it doesn't take place. The word bloodbath was written in his locker room so you know what that means. He makes his entrance but he gets freaked out when the lights go out and the broods music plays. So he rushes back up the ramp, he gets ambushed by Gangrel, Christian and Edge. The lights go out again and when they come back on, Tiger's covered in blood. Michael Cole says this must be the bloodbath that the brood promised and I say no shit Sherlock. Next we've got Mankind vs Kane on Raw. On Nitro, it's Scott Steiner vs Van Hammer. Uh, okay. I feel like I've taken some of what Van Hammer's been smoking because this is a weird matchup, right? It's not just me. The new leader of the NWO slumming it out with jobbers this week, and no, I'm not talking about Buff Bagwell and Slick Johnson who accompany Big Papa Pump down to the ring. Hammer commits the cardinal sin of smacking Buff's hat off, which is only going to fuel the rage of Scotty Steiner, no doubt. Predictably, this one doesn't last long as Steiner absolutely mauls Hammer with kicks and punches in the corner, before hanging Hammer upside down in a tree of woe to continue the beating, with the assistance of Buff of course. I do enjoy Bagwell talking smack to the camera, I must admit. Steiner drops Hammer with a clothesline before locking on the recliner for the easy victory. Scott clearly feels like he hasn't had enough TV time, so he grabs a mic to cut a post-match promo. No complaints here, let's see what sort of lunacy comes out of his mouth this time. He wants the fans to get on their knees and pay homage to the new leader of the NWO. He says every attack on WCW has been for a reason and it's been calculated. Calculated? Yeah, Steiner's calculations are always correct as we'd find out years later. Scotty says that he's always on the lookout for elite athletes to join the NWO, and so he calls Lex Luger out to the ring for a chat. 
Bagwell tells Lex that when Buff had his neck injury, Lex was one of the first guys there to visit him in hospital and Lex is always given, he's never receiving. Buff's words, not mine. Buff says that all of the other Wolfpack members are shooting music videos, commercials and movies, but Lex has been left hanging. And Buff also points out that it was his Wolfpack partner Kevin Nash who eliminated him from the World War 3 Battle Royal, meaning it should really be Lex in that world title match at Starcade. Lex walks away without saying a word, but the NW Black and White have certainly given him something to think about. Before the Raw match, Vince says he's gonna do it, he's gonna face mankind, but he's gonna do it his way. He even showed off his pecs backstage before Shane told the cameraman to scram. Mankind and Kane come to the ring though, so it looks like Vince isn't gonna get physical tonight, at least not in the ring anyway, you know what I'm saying? The two exchange shots at the beginning of the bout, but Kane gets the better of things as he tosses Mankind into the corner before laying in more hard shots. The big red machine goes for the choke slam early on, but Foley's able to escape only to get met with a big clothesline. The fight then goes to the outside and Mankind gets acquainted with the barricade, but he's able to throw Kane into the ring steps as a receipt. Mankind attempts to use those same steps to whack Kane, but the plan backfires as Mick's the one who takes the steps right to the head. Back inside the ring, Kane chokes Mankind on the ropes before hitting another clothesline, this time to the back of Mick's head. Mankind does get a reprieve by counting an attempted back body drop with a swinging neckbreaker before the devil's favourite demon gets clotheslined over the top rope. No matter how many times I see it, it never fails to impress me when Kane lands on his feet. Suddenly, Vince McMahon appears at the top of the stage holding a microphone. Vince says that if Mankind wants it, he's got it, but Mick will have to play by Vince's rules. He tells Foley to meet him in the parking lot for a good old fashioned street fight. Mankind makes a beeline for the backstage area, forgetting all about the 7 foot monster he just went to war with. We come back from a commercial break to see Kane in a straitjacket and being put in an ambulance by the lads in white coats. During the break, the boss man and Shamrock attack the big red machine, allowing the orderlies to restrain Kane and take him away to be committed. We then cut to Mr. McMahon being destroyed by mankind in the parking lot. Patterson and Briscoe come to the aid of the boss, but they are quickly dispatched before Vince has the unfortunate displeasure of tasting Mr. Sago for the second night in a row. Luckily for Vince, The Rock then shows up to put a beating on mankind, and it ends with the WWF champion planting mankind with a rock bottom on the hood of a car. Another memorable little moment right here on Raw's War. We end this week's show with Bigelow vs Goldberg vs Nash on Nitro. On Raw, The Rock defends his WWF Championship against Triple H. Around 5 minutes is spared for the Nitro main event, but at least we get to see Bam Bam in action. And look at this, Nash lets Bam Bam beat Goldberg up. Remember what I said about last week? Why would Nash care if these two fight? Yeah. Goldberg fights back with a standing sidekick and Nash breaks up the champ's cover. Big Sexy goes on offense in the corner and Bigelow joins in to help out, but Goldberg manages to fight back. Billy Boy then breaks through a double clothesline attempt and he wipes both his opponents out. And when the match resumes, Nash and Goldberg take out Bam Bam so they can go at it in the middle of the ring. Nash hits a sidewalk slam on Goldberg and Bigelow breaks the pin. Bam Bam drops a headbutt on Goldberg but Nash sinks a boot into Bigelow's neck. Goldberg then keeps Nash down with a leg lock but Bam Bam breaks it up and the champ focuses on the beast from the east. Bigelow gets suplexed, he takes a spear, Nash stops a jackhammer attempt but Big Sexy takes a spear and Goldberg has it won. He floors Bam Bam again before signalling for the jackhammer, but Scott Hall then appears and the referee throws the match out. The undefeated streak remains intact, even though Goldberg didn't win. 
Bam Bam goes after Scott, Scott takes Bigelow out, and Nitro fades out with Nash and Goldberg beating each other up in the middle of the ring. It was a disappointing ending for a match that did have some excitement once things got underway. So it's time to check in on the streak, Goldberg has not wrestled any full matches since his showdown with the Giant on the November 23rd episode of Nitro. The match last week didn't get started, the bell didn't ring to get things underway, so last week's match does not apply. The undefeated streak is now at 154 by our records. The WCW commentators did not give a number during this broadcast of Nitro. If you know the final number that WCW give when the streak comes to a stop, then you'll know they boosted the numbers again considerably towards the very, very end. The WWF Champion defends his title for the second time in as many nights as an old rivalry gets reignited. The fans are definitely behind the leader of DX as he runs through his pre-match promo, but he'll have to contend with not only the WWF Champion but also the corporate commissioner who accompanies Rocky down to the ring. HBK distracts Hunter before the bell and The Rock takes immediate advantage with a cheap shot from behind. A number of right hands followed by a back body drop keeps the champ in control, that is until Hunter explodes out of the corner with a clothesline before delivering a back elbow, setting The Rock up in the corner for 10 mounted corner punches. The momentum swings once again as Rocky's able to sidestep the challenger, sending Triple H over the top rope to the floor. Rock does get his face bounced off the steel steps and the announce table though, but he's able to send Hunter into the barricade and Triple H gets dropped with a clothesline. Rock then puts on a headset and he says Triple H may look like Tarzan but he wrestles like Jane. Brilliant. Rock then repays the favour by bouncing Hunter's head on the announce table before threatening to lay the smackdown on the king. Back inside, the challenger fights back, delivering a hearty race knee and a suplex before dropping an elbow. A swinging neckbreaker and a clothesline put Rock back in the driver's seat and he delivers the real most electrifying move in sports entertainment today, a main event chin lock. Trips gets up but he's immediately shut down with a DDT from the corporate champ, it only gets a 2 though. So Rocky goes back to the tried and tested chin lock, that's 2 by the way. Cole does make a good point here, Trips has been out of action for a while and so his stamina may not be at peak levels, and The Rock's just wearing him down right now with this devastating unforgiving submission hold. Once again Helmsley's comeback short lived and The Rock delivers a body slam, putting Trips in prime position for a corporate elbow. Rocky hits it perfectly after some DX mockery, but Triple H is able to kick out a 2. Normally that would be the big story of the match, but fuck that because there it is, Chinlock number 3. The corporate Chinlock, Ah, it's been a while. Unfortunately, Triple H isn't as excited about this as the rest of us are, and he sees fit to break things up with a back suplex. Another hearty race knee and some kicks in the corner lead to a facebreaker knee smash from the challenger. Rock decides he's had enough and he wants to get out of dodge, but Hunter follows him out to the floor. Once again, the champ gets up close and personal with the ring steps. Shawn Michaels then gets in Hemsley's face on the outside, but this backfires as China is able to sneak up behind the champ and she delivers a low blow right to the corporate cock. Trips follows up quickly with a DDT, but it only gets a 2. Sean then tells referee Earl Hebner to eject China from ringside, while Triple H hits the pedigree in the center of the ring. He makes the cover, but HBK clobbers him with the WWF title belt while the referee was busy with China. Hebner rolls back in, but Triple H is somehow able to kick out. This is great. 
Sean and China then go at it on the outside, which once again distracts Hebner. This allows an unknown assailant to come into the ring from the crowd and hit Triple H with a pump handle slam. The ref rolls back in, rock drapes an arm over the challenger, and the WWF champion is able to retain his title with the help of this unnamed henchman. Colin King finally revealed this man to be Motley Crue's bodyguard, and his name is Test. An absolutely fantastic match to end this week's episode of Raw, which proved why both these men deserve their places at the top of the industry going forward. Their timing in this match in particular and how they brought the crowd up and down through their actions in the ring was absolutely impeccable. Raw continues to be unstoppable while Nitro continues to make the same mistakes while adding a few more. It's another win this week for the WWF. Mankind vs Kane, Triple H vs Rock, the DX opening promo, I don't really need to explain myself here, Raw was simply better. Raw's now on 81 points, Nitro's still got 65, and there's 18 ties on the board. In the TV ratings, Raw won with a 5.2, Nitro stays put with a 4.2. Next week on Raw, the boy wonder Shane McMahon runs the whole show while his dad trains for the Raw Rumble, Mark Henry has an important meeting with the Pretty Mean Sisters, and Tess makes his Raw in-ring debut in the main event. On Nitro, Raven's mom tries to talk some sense into her troubled son, Disco Inferno tries to convince Conan that he is indeed part of the Wolf Pack, and the lone wolf Scott Hall tries his luck against Bill Goldberg. Thanks for watching guys, I really do appreciate it, and I hope to see you all again for episode 165. Take care.